it going? Good. How you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much finally chilly here. Oh, I'm so jealous. I want the chill. We had one day where I walked outside and it was 59 degrees and I said, this is the freaking life. And now it's back in the 80s. So Right. And raining. But the rain we needed. The rain we needed. And I do love the rain. So I'm not mad about that. I just want a breeze. You know, I want to chill in the air. A crisp, she wants a crisp day. Yeah. That fall. That fall feeling. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you know where to find it. And you know where to find me. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to visit. Same, dude. I, I just, I just want us to come when it's like safe and we can do all the spooky things we want to mm-hmm. do, and we can safely like have a meetup. Because I know a lot of people have reached out and are like, "When you go to Salem, I will come there specifically to meet y'all." So that would be so fun. That that is the plan: is a spooky meetup in Salem when it's safe. I mean, what could be better? Nothing. Right? I can't wait. The end um, of the I did last I week. I've been, you know, I've been checking out the, I mean, I feel like Salem is, Salem and New Orleans are two places that, like, you want to do the touristy things. You know yes. what I mean? Like, usually if I go somewhere, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do, like, tourist stuff. But in Salem, that's part of the charm. It's part of the fun, and you learn a lot about the history. Same with New Orleans. So I've been, you know, looking around spots that we could recommend to listeners who visit and also places we could go when you guys are here. And I happened upon the Salem Witch Board Museum, and I think we've actually been following them um, for a little bit, but I went in last week, and it's owned um, by this... One guy named John, super sweet, super cool. And this is his personal collection. Oh, like, wow. He eats, sleeps, and drinks Ouija boards. And the backstory on why is super cool. Um, but if you're in Salem, be sure to go to the Salem Witch Board Museum and see all types of Ouija boards uh, from the beginning of time, of the the Ouija board time, or Ouija board time, oh. uh, up until present. And you know, you can ask John any questions, and it's so cool, guys. It's so cool. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is that the wanted... accurate pronunciation? We... Ouija. 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 The Ouija. Yeah. I yes. have wanted to go there Which for means good luck. so long. I have some more picks and bids I'll send that we oh, can share. Awesome. Yeah, we shared some on the stories, but we can compile, like, a full a full yeah, let's make a post. post for y'all. Yeah. Um, so you can see Kylie's exploring, but I've wanted to go there for so long. Also, like, so you talked to him, right? Oh, yeah. He was talking to me for, I mean, I was in there for about a little over a half hour. And, you know, there's so much history that goes, you know, behind the production of the Ouija boards, the different um, companies that made or tried to make, you know, Ouija boards. And, mm-hmm. How, how it wasn't seen as anything negative or occult at the early early stages. It was actually, it was pretty popular during wartime because women would use the boards to try to speak to their husbands who were either, yeah. you know, out at war or ones who have, you know, who had died. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, it was also seen as like a, it was more so like a, a way to 
get close to someone on like a date. Uh-huh. Oh, oh you, put the, you put the Ouija board on your knees, so you have to be like very close to the person. Oh, you're with. yeah, that. And then you have to touch the planchette together. It's supposed to, you know, that's aggressive. Kind of seen as like a, a hot little. Hot you're little like, date. oops, the board, the Ouija board. That is romantical. <laughs> Just the tip of the board. Oh my! <laughs> so. Is there any chance that the museum itself has a spooky activity based on all those boards being there? There definitely could be. Uh, John was saying he himself hasn't, you know, experienced any energies from them in particular. But then again, he has been around them for so long. He mm-hmm. thinks um, the energies or rather um, the experiences stay with the people rather than the boards. Mm. Um, Interesting. So, yeah, interesting to think about for sure. Wow. But he, he he also said that he sees people come in all the time and they have, you know, varying, very interesting reactions. Some people, you know, just stand in the middle of the room. They're like, I feel very strange. I do not want to go near any of these boards. There's like, there is an energy and I am not here for it anymore. <laughs> and mm-hmm. other people say, you know, they can feel, you know, heaviness and um, or they're drawn to specific boards in the in the room. It's, it's really interesting. Wow. I can't wait to go and to meet him and just learn all the things. Yeah. Same. For sure. For <sighs> sure. Well, uh, speaking of Ouija boards. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we're the Golden Ghouls. Oh. <laughs> Alyssa. <laughs> Alyssa, <laughs> Kylie, <laughs> Emily, <laughs> and it's time to get spooky. <laughs> what just happened? Uh, I don't we know. A, I think maybe glitch. you didn't. I think I Kylie didn't hear. didn't hear me. Yeah, there was a tech techie glitch. But uh, <laughs> s- some exciting news for the folks out there and for you two here. We have two new patrons wow all right we'll go in alphabetical order how does that sound that sounds good to me so first up we have andrea 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 the lovely the beautiful the unforgettable andrea andrea oh my goodness this is the one is this is this is this our mom this is our sweet Jeffrey's beautiful mom. Yep. And the Andrea, whole family. I just, I just want to say thank you. You know? Thank for you. For the support, for the love, for everything. And I can't tell, I had a dream. I had a dream about this, right? Because I was like, I know. Yeah. I feel Andrea, you know? And yeah. so I dreamt of, of my back. Wow. And on my back, there is a birthmark. <gasps> yeah. And, and it's this in is real this, life. This is real life. It's in this shape, okay. you know, where I could transform it. And I transformed it into this beautiful creature from beyond. Wow. Yeah. And it's speaking. And guess what it's saying? Andrea. It's a tattoo of this of my birthmark creature saying Andrea 
Oh, this my is this is in a, levels in a speech bubble. Yeah, in a speech bubble. You got that right. Very. Gorgeous. I mean, it. It's a sight. It's art. And beyond art. I am. Are you able to take a photo of this birthmark? <laughs> yes. All right. Take a photo. Send it to me. I'll have the speech bubble, and we'll send it Andrea's way. All That's right, cool Andrea. <laughs> She's going to love it. She's going to love right. this. And next up, we have Callie, aka <gasps> our buddy, Eamon, who has Amen. had so many spooky experiences, and we've shared several of his stories, and mm-hmm. he's an angel. I was even his father once. A true angel. Wow. Yes. Well, Eamon, I'm going to leave this up to you. Which one do you want? Do you want Eamon or Callie? That's what I'm saying. Which, you tell us. And then huh. I'll pick it out for you. Because it'll come next episode, right? That's yeah. what I, I feel say. like, you know those, you know Nicole Richie's ankle tattoo with the rosary beads? Like, yeah. Ooh. Like, I'm thinking something something around that region. I could use something on the left. That's on the saucy. left side. That's saucy. All right, well, let us know. Let us know Love which it. name it's going to be, and uh, Emily will get that tattoo. Also, exciting news for patrons, but there is going to be a Zoom hangout with us very soon. So if you're not already a patron and you're like, damn, I want to get in on that, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash thegoldenghouls, and uh, you can do it for as little as a dollar a month, or you can make a one-time donation by becoming a patron and then canceling your subscription or whatever they call it. So uh, get freaking crazy. Come to the Zoom hangout. You guys, this is going to be a Zoom party to remember. I I am going to wear my wedding dress. (laughs) Should I? I think you should. I would put Dante in a costume. (laughs) Well, I'll wear, oh my God, should it be a costume party? Yes. Of course. Holy crap. Of course. We're having an inspiration. We're having a costume party. Oh, my God. This is going to be Absolutely. so much fun. You know you don't want to miss out on this Zoom, y'all. I know they don't. I I will be there. Probably the first person there because I have to start the Zoom meeting. It's true. But, uh, this is true. You know, this is true. You've got to let us in. But then we will be there, too. Yes, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. will. Wow. Well, should we should we get started and tell the people what we're up to today? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's go on over to... Utah. Utah. It's haunted and it's spooky. A beautiful land. You know what? You want me to just kick it off? I'd like it. Take it it away, honey. We're going to kick it off. So I'm going to discuss a place that I've been naturally. We love to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, you might as well. Mm -hmm. It gives you a different perspective. (laughs) Exactly. So I was going to talk about Zion National Park, but there's a little bit of intro that also basically gives you a good intro to Utah as a whole. So this is actually from the ZionNationalPark.com website. Got a quote? Our sources. Yes, Utah. Am I right? So Zion, America's third most popular national park. You're going to have to remind me of the, the first and the, and the second. Uh, quite the history and basically a perfect setup for haunts and ghosts, in my honest opinion. I mean, we all know that dinosaurs were roaming around Utah back in the day. Um, 
But this is also an area which was occupied first by prehistoric Native Americans. No big deal. I say that sarcastically. And then historically by Navajos and Paiutes. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, Then, of course, the white man came. (laughs) And then the the Mormon pioneers. Um, And now there's, you know, a a mix of, of all of these right now. But the history of Zion Park itself, it, it has some some legends, some myths, and we're just gonna we're gonna discuss one that really uh, interests me, and it's one that I heard about a lot when I was visiting the park. Um, there's also a lot of like merch <laughs> with this person in particular, uh, and this person is Hog Allen. So oh. the legend of Hog. So Albert Hogg Allen <laughs> Smith, he he was everything in the book. He was he was a homemaker. He was a land claimer, and by that I mean he would happen upon land and be like, "This is mine." Oh. So okay, <laughs> he had a family, so you could say he was a family man. You know, he had some good friends. You could you could say he was loyal, but he was also uh, he also had some demons. So, I don't know, classic classic American? <laughs> but his obsession was owning land. And it, that was more important to him than having money. So as I mentioned before, he, he would, like, claim land. So it was recorded that he once stood up on his horse's saddle overlooking the southern part of Zion and with a sweep of his arm declared it his land. And ever since then, it's been called Hog's Heaven. Uh, and any any settlers that tried to come and, you know, make a home on this land, he, he scared off. So Hog Allen raised hogs. Wow. <laughs> for butchering. And he used, you know, oxen to clear the land for the horses, to haul lumber, bada-bing, bada-boom. So he and a boy from the Watson Lumber Company that he worked for, they were repairing a wagon and the wagon fell from the jack and it smashed Alan's finger and he freaked out and he blamed this boy and chased him to beat him with this like large steel object. And the Watsons, the lumber company, the Watsons family, they like protected him. And this made Alan so mad. He was like, I'm going to get you. You're not letting me beat this boy for something that he had no fault in. I'm going to get you. All of a sudden, Hog Allen dies at the age of 55. According to the site, it was after eating some of his famous melon harvest. Hmm. And he was uh, buried in Hog's heaven. (laughs) Coincidentally, or maybe not so, on the one-year anniversary of his death, two of the Watsons mysteriously died. And that is what started this legend. It was like, all right, so Hog Allen, so pissed, possibly was murdered, poisoned by his own harvest. He's going to haunt the Watsons forever. So I don't know if anyone's had any experiences with with Hog himself, but Hog Allen's wife, Nellie, she's also part of the history of Zion Park. Uh, So after her husband died, she moved uh, with 
the children to Cedar City. I've actually been there. And later on, Nellie returned to Zion to retrieve his remains. And the coffin was open. And so Nellie was like, close it, close it. This is a terrible dream, which I guess is a good way of saying this is a nightmare. And Alan's body, what, like his position had been changed, like somebody had moved his body, the arm placements were different, the facial expression was different. <clears throat> he had longer hair and fingernails, which we do know that they, those continue to grow a little bit after death, but yeah. not not too much. <laughs> it, it, I mean, they don't continue to grow. It's more your skin shrivels back. So it, more of the, the hair and the nails exposed. Um but Nellie was freaked out. She was like, holy shit, this place is haunted. And that's that's the spooky tale of Hog Allen, which is, I guess, a fan favorite around Zion and Springdale, which is where Zion is. So at the bottom of Zion National Park, there is this little town called Grafton. And it may also be known as the ghost town of Grafton. To people these days mm-hmm. and it was founded by pioneers in 1859 um i'm unsure if they were if they were mormon it just what i read was pioneers so the thought was that by being next to the virgin river which is where they settled they'd have great vegetation and they could live some pretty sick lives you know uh pun intended unfortunately the virgin river turned into a wop and flooded everyone <gasps> <laughs> not oh, the no. flood that's not the funny part the wop just so you guys know i mean there's a correlation so flooding from the vir- <laughs> the flooding from the virgin river forced everyone to move the town a mile up river so this happened in like 1862 but in 1866 people began dying left and right So some deaths occurred from disease, such as like tuberculosis. Um, There were there were some accidents I'll get into in a moment. This was basically like the worst year. There were 13 deaths. Six people died of diphtheria. Oh, did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And and this was in January and February of 1866. On February 15th, 1866, Two young girls died in a tragic swing set accident. Oh, what? Yeah. How does that happen? They flew off. I don't know. The swing set collapsed. I don't know. know. I'm confused. I know. And who knows if that was really the cause of death or if that's just what. These, all this information is coming from the gravestones that are at the Grafton Cemetery. Ah. It says on the gravestone that there was a swing set accident. The cause of deaths. Yes. A lot of the of gravestones, like back in the day, would have like the specific reasons mm-hmm. of death. Oh my causes. Mm-hmm. Um, We've got a few names too that were that you can you're able to read on the on the gravestones. Robert M. Barry, his wife Isabella Hales Barry, and Robert's brother Joseph Barry were all killed by um, Paiute Indians on April second, eighteen sixty six. And I mean, I can't be mad at them. I can't be mad at the. The Paiutes, it, it was their land. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's what happened back in the day, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and the Grafton Cemetery also contains the graves of several 
Paiutes as well, who either lived in or near the town. Uh, the infant mortality rate, just being in like the mid 1800s, the infant mortality rate was super high, especially for settlers being like hundreds of miles from hospitals yeah. or, or doctors. Um, you know, there's no like vaccines at this time um, that babies would usually get, um, which is why they were dying from all of these diseases. So there are also a few graves of babies at the Graf Cemetery as well, which is really sad. But what's spooky is that for the past 20 plus years, probably more, this is just, it's been recorded as over the past 20 years, uh, visitors feel a general sense of uneasiness when visiting the ghost town, especially when they reach the cemetery. Um, you could say, oh, it, it could just be because, you know, cemeteries are morbid, but there have been multiple instances of people visiting the cemetery late in the day or when the weather is overcast uh, and they hear babies crying. No. Nope. The, laughter, the laughter of children, as well as chilling screams. Yeah. Uh-uh. And I don't know why that's only happening when the sun is gone. That's something we can look into. Just... I mean, spooker things do happen at night, but do they also happen just in general when the sun isn't shining? <laughs> like when it's overcast? It's truly hard to much, say. Much to think about. <laughs> much to ponder. Maybe it's like a vampire much, thing where like right? the ghost can't come out with the sunlight because it strikes their skin a certain way. True. You don't want to burn up that ectoplasm, bro. Right. No, can't get it burning. Stinky. Stinky ectoplasm. <laughs> you gotta, it's medium rare. Nothing more. Nothing uh, more. Yeah. Nothing more. Also, a woman. <laughs> Guys, this is very serious. I don't know why you're laughing. So sorry. Also, a woman is occasionally seen here in period clothing wandering amongst the headstones so she's wearing like an old-fashioned dress her hair is up in a bun uh, and she appears to be sobbing and there have been people who have assumed that she was part of like a tour because she was dressed the way that she was and then they would walk towards her uh, she would disappear into the oh my lord <laughs> i know i know so in doing some research i found lord rick angel of the night <laughs> he had what? He posted on paranormalghostsociety.org. Oh. That okay. I thought this he, was one of the ghosts in town. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's both. Uh. Maybe he goes <laughs> both. Uh, he has not experienced anything paranormal. However, he mentions in the blog post that other paranormal investigators have gone to Grafton Cemetery in the ghost town of Grafton, and they have heard ghostly footsteps within the historic houses where the floors are made of wood planks so i guess being wood planks you can more easily hear footsteps mm -hmm. especially those of uh, ghosts um, others have reported feeling cold spots or what can only be described as the breath of the dead <laughs> oh is that what it is the cold I mean, spots it's their breath the breath of the dead could be. It could be. 
So I was, I was peeking online and there are, I don't think there are right now because of COVID, there could be, but right now there are Zion ATV tours of Grafton ghost town at night. And it's a ghost tour. On <gasps> I want to do that. <laughs> fun. Which is very funny to me. Um, and also just a little, just a little tidbit on Zion. So I did climb uh, Angel's Landing. And to me, that was the scariest part of Zion National Park. Because when you get to the top, those who have done it know. At the very top, there's like, there's basically a cliff with just like a chain link um, railing uh-huh. that you like pull yourself up. And my body had a full on panic attack. <laughs> like my legs were shaking. My heart was beating out of my chest. Woo! Wild times, folks. Wild times. Wow. But it's so, it, everything there is just so massive, so beautiful. There's no way it's not haunted. There's, it, it feels, it almost feels otherworldly. So I, I'm not surprised at all that this place is haunted. But if you guys have been there, if you've stayed, if you've camped and have seen anything, let me know. Let us know. Let us know. Wow. Spooky. <laughs> we got Mr. Hog. We got we too. Native Americans. We got it all. I have a Me question. Too. Was Hog named Hog before or after he he raised the hogs? I think because of the yeah, oh, so okay. after. So it's his fun nickname okay, that he's cool, got. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Cool. All right. I'll I'll take a somewhere else spooky, a little more lavish, if you will. Ooh, you know I like it. I I too love lavish. I love the finer things in life. So uh, I'm going to take y'all over to Salt Lake City. And yes. this is Devereux Mansion. Love, love a haunted mansion. I mean, I really can't get enough of them. Ooh. All right. So Devereux Mansion, also known as the Staines Jennings Mansion, was built in 1857 by a Mr. or for a Mr. William Staines. S-T-A-I-N-E-S. S-T-A. Um, not the regular uh, old stain. Oh, no. Like a stain this on your dress. This is a fancy yeah, stain. Yeah, this is a fancy stain. He's got an E in it. Oh, okay. So the house was the first to be built on a scale that was described as a mansion in the Salt Lake City Valley or Salt Lake Valley. So this was like oh, a big oh. a big boy at the time, the first mansion. So it actually was later even expanded by a Mr. William Jennings who uh, bought the property. He was the mayor of Salt Lake City from 1882 to 1885. So that's why it's also known as the Staines Jennings Mansion because William Staines and William Jennings were both owners mm. at a time. Oh. So in its heyday, this mansion was the social center of the area. I'm talking parties galore, people with money coming to hang out and be delighted by food and beverages and the company of other rich people. And they loved it. Many distinguished visitors. Sadly, though, the home, it... It kind of languished over the years, you know? It had its heyday, and then people kind of forgot about it. 
Then 1979 rolls around. There's a huge fire and the building was, it was severely damaged. Yeah. Sadly. But fast forward a few years, it's 1984. Uh, the state bought it. They place it on the National Register of Historic Places, and they refurbished it. All right. So gorgeous. It's gorgeous again. Uh, It has since been used as a restaurant and most recently as an event space. So people, though, were like, something's off about this place. So Mm -hmm. the Utah Ghost Organization and visitors as well say that the events that they hold there are not the only happenings within the mansion. Yep. You got that right. Hmm. <laughs> Spirits. Oh God. Ghosts. Spirits are happening. Okay. Spirits are making things happen in this mansion. It's no joke. So first the most spotted spirit is that of a little girl. Hmm. You know, I, children's spirits are the spookiest to me but she looks to be about eight years old and she wears mid 1800s attire which she sounds lovely gorgeous um it's said that she is known to throw fits though oh, no. a little bit of a stinker yeah not a she, stinky a little stinker a little mm. stinky ectoplasm yeah Mm. So she's known to toss things about when she has her little tantrums and she'll slam doors. Not in this house. Nuh-uh, not in this (laughs) house, honey. But it's also said that she does play harmless pranks on the kitchen staff. So she does try to have fun when she's not being a little butthead. Okay. And uh, she's been seen waving at guests. So... She oh, has her that's cute. She, as a typical eight year old, she's got her tantrums and she's got her moments where she's fun and sweet. So Sour Patch Kids. She's a she's a total Sour Patch Kid. Love it. Uh, the second most spotted spirit is thought to be either maybe a, a former lady of the house or possibly a housekeeper, because unlike this little girl, she's really really aggressive towards visitors uh she's known for giving them not so gentle nudges and things like that but people think that it's really just because she loved this house so much and she's just trying to protect the place so they're not mad at her they're just kind of like please don't slap me got you yeah Yeah. quit calm down please yeah don't don't slap Uh you know Anyway. Keep your ghost hands to yourself. Yes. So the current owner, a Mr. Scott Gettrell, he says that ghost hunters visited the mansion soon after he took over the place. And they noted that there were lots of orbs. Wow. Yes. And that there was just a general energy about the place that they felt was paranormal. But as for Mr. Gattrell, this owner, he hasn't experienced anything out of the norm himself. Although he does say that employees of what, when it was a restaurant, the employees would often say that uh, they would have like a a client, a client, (laughs) I'm speaking in my work terms, Uh, a customer. Yeah, right. They would have a customer's receipt ready to go. And the whole uh, receipt book would go missing. 
And then hours later, they would find it somewhere totally weird. So <laughs> they said, it's got to be the ghosts. Who knows? Maybe it could have been the workers playing pranks on each other. But I feel like the story had to start somewhere. You know, it had to have happened for real at least one time, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. We just hope. We like it to be truly haunted. He also noted that one of the employees said that he was in the elevator alone one night when the lights started flashing and the doors opened and he saw a little girl standing. (gasps) Oh, no. Oh, gosh. That is the Tower of Terror. It is. It is the Tower of Terror. Yeah. So not good. Not good. Uh, But, you know, although so many hauntings that we hear about are associated with murders or death, that's not really the case here at the mansion because there aren't any known deaths on the property. So these are likely people who are just coming back because they really felt like this was the place for them. Okay. They loved it. So it's said that the former owning owners, geez Louise, (laughs) the Jennings family, I was combining owners and Jennings together. They would entertain a lot. They had the lavish parties, but they made their children stay upstairs. So this Mr. Gattrell believes that maybe the kids are taking this opportunity in the afterlife to attend the parties now that there are no adults to say, get your ass back upstairs. Right. Party time. I get it. Yeah. They're like, Mm -hmm. there's weddings. There's parties Mm -hmm. happening here. Our parents never let us go. Mm-hmm. It's our time to freaking shine, baby. Thank so you. here she is playing pranks and putting on a show for the folks. Love that for her. Absolutely. Yeah. So as far as more general hauntings go, visitors and staff have heard disembodied humming and singing, which is a classic, felt extreme cold spots, apparitions that appear in photos but not to the naked eye, So they'll, like, take a photo and see a ghost that they didn't see when they were standing right in front of it. That's tight. (sighs) Yeah, we love it. And doors open and close, sometimes with great force, by unseen entities. So one guest of utahhauntedhouses.com, where I found a good portion of this information, wrote... I took some photos three years ago where a woman appeared at the window. It seemed strange to me because I did not know that the house was haunted until I got something unexpected in the photo and did a little more research. Unfortunately, I don't have those photos anymore, but I came back to the mansion a year ago, and in these, I have a photo of the mansion with a man's face in the window with a beard and a turban on his head. Sick. Uh, yes. Bearded man with a turban. Who is he? We do not know. But other visitors have even captured the little girl spirit in photos. And I actually have one that was shared on utahhauntedhouses.com that I can put on our Instagram. It, to me, kind of looks like a weird reflection from the light outside. But... I'd like to hear from the experts in the comments what they think, because, you know, it could be something. It could be nothing. But that's the Devereaux Mansion. Spooky, spooky stuff. Very spooky. I tell you what. Very creepy. I want to go to a party there. Tell you what. 
I tell you what, Utah's a crazy place and it's about to get crazier because oh, I damn. got another one. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Yes. This place has three names, but it's known as <laughs> the Ben Lamond Hotel. I hope I pronounced that right. In Ogden, Utah. It's a truly spooky place, my friends, and I like to call it the Death Hotel. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Okay. I really defined it there, didn't I? She... But I've never come across a story of a haunted hotel where somebody lined up so many deaths for me. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And <laughs> well, I was like, wow, wow, wow. I'm going to tell my ghouls. I can't Here it wait. goes. So the original name of the hotel was the Reed Hotel. It was built in 1891, very long ago. It was five stories, 140 rooms, I think quite grand at the time, you guys. Five-story hotel, all those yeah. rooms. Yeah. Mm. It was the mm-hmm. scene. Impressed. It was the scene. <laughs> but the, let me tell you, the first death recorded here came in June 1891, right after she opened. I was about to say. I know. They wasted no time dying in there. They didn't. Mm -hmm. It was a poor Mr. William B. Steele. He was found dead in his bed. He succumbed to the TB. The tuberculosis of the time, you know, it was rapid. But Mr. Steele was the brother-in-law of one of the hotel proprietors. He moved into the hotel because he thought the dry air of the land would do him well, and it did not. He should have gone to Colorado. That, oh, yeah, I was about uh-huh. to say. Yeah. <laughs> Just cool. to drive. Is Utah dry? I've never been to Utah, so is it dry there? Oh, sorry, I said just to drive to Oh, Colorado. yeah, right. Not far. Not far at all. Far, but... But is Utah dry? Was he wrong? It is, it is, uh, yeah, it's very dry, but it's also, it's everything. Uh, it's wet, too, okay. They've got it all. I got it. it I got it. All right. Well, eight more deaths, you guys, would occur at this hotel until its renovations in 1926. One more was this tragic suicide that occurred on September 8th, 1902. Y'all, Mr. and Mrs. Van Allen had moved into the hotel, and the Mrs. Tide Helen Van Allen was suffering from various ailments. So one morning when her husband took off for work, Mrs. Van Allen shot herself in the head. Oh, God. They were occupying a room on the third floor. She was only 38 years old, you guys. They had two suites. They had a double suite because they were, like, kind of living there. Yeah. But she was going through it, you know? Poor baby. I know. The first accidental death at the hotel came September 26, 1921. A newly hired cook. Asugi Nakano fell three stories down the elevator shaft. It was reported he probably thought when the doors opened, the elevator was there, but it wasn't. Oh, no. Resulting in his death. That's horrible. Awful, y'all. Awful. Come 1926, though, the reed was demolished, and it was turned into the Bigelow uh-huh. The Bigelow Hotel. In 1927, the Bigelow opened its doors to 350 guest rooms, 
all with Damn. private restrooms, y'all. A big boy. Let me bathe by mm-hmm. myself. Yes. Yeah, no sharing here. Y'all, there was 11 dining rooms. Each had its own theme. It was a crazy, it was a crazy poppin' place in the 20s, y'all. Dang. A real hot spot for its time. Several individuals actually came together and made an underground tunnel in the hotel during the 20s where they would use it for smuggling alcohol during the Prohibition. Yeah, so this place was a party. Party. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was one of the many Ogden locations that had one of these underground tunnels. So Ogden was a party town, sounds like, you know, they were popping off. Unfortunately, though, it didn't take long after the renovations for another death to occur on the property. March 9th, 1929, the Utah Canners Association hosted their annual convention. All the hot players showed up, y'all, including a Dan (laughs) Rowland. Dan was having so much fun. He invited his guests up to his suite for some more booze. But before going down to dance more, he he saw why there was this wife in the room and she was having a rough time. So he was like, you take a nip, a nipper napper, right? You take a little nap. Well, there's one mm-hmm. Edward Spellman who was invited up to the room. He stayed behind while the other guests went downstairs to party some more. Well, Dan went back up to see what was going down and Spellman mm. was attacking the lady. <gasps> Apparently. That's Get him what out of he said. Yeah, Dan struck Edward so hard, you guys, he fell back, hit his head on the way down, killing him instantly. Good God. I know. This went to court, though, and it uh, was found that he actually had a ruptured artery, which killed him. So Dan was let off. But uh, that's what happened there. (sighs) Okay. Mm -hmm. In 1933, a mariner Achilles... I think that's how you pronounce it. Purchased the Bigelow and renamed it the Ben Lamont Hotel, what we call it now. For years, the place was quiet until one night in 1939. Two young men, you guys, pulled up to the hotel in their little cabbie. They got out and they were like, this is it. Went straight to the elevator, y'all. Tried to board the elevator. The woman on inside was like, I don't know about this. So she left. She, she walked out. She tried to report him. And they they got on the elevator. They took off. They made, they made their way up to the top floor. Then the men got off the elevator, went to the end of the hallway on the south end, and one after another leaped to their desk out the window. Good God. I know. Oh, my God. It what was, is going exactly, on in this place? Exactly. It was reported they both lost their jobs. Ugh not worth it you know but from 1939 to 1951 there were no reported deaths thank god but then on july 16th 1951 another suicide a local school teacher donna anderson jumped from the ninth floor to her death she landed on the roof below Oof. Uh, not not mm-hmm. the best way to go from 1951 to 1974, two more deaths took place. Both were natural causes. Then in 1976, a horrible murder. The hotel clerk, Henry Topping Jr., was found dead in the lobby. He had been brutally stabbed by a young teen, only 15 years old. 
insane. Jesus. But two of the most, so the reason this place is haunted, right? I mean, we have a lot of deaths happening here. Some super tragic, awful, horrible, some just were natural cause deaths. But it's haunted, right? But it's uh, possibly yeah. super haunted by two ghosts that never had reported deaths from the hotel. Weird. Right. So they're more Living of a forever. legend. But you know what? I'm going to report on them anyway. Right? Okay, report, honey. So <laughs> the most famous ghost is that of a bride who was apparently honeymooning in the hotel and ended up drowning in her bathtub. Oof. The groom... No word of him, but it was in room 1102. Shortly after her death, her son came to collect her things and apparently was so distraught over the death of his mother that he ended up committing suicide in the room next door, 1101. Right. So the 11th floor is reported to be very haunted. And if you stay in 1102, it's documented that there has been um, people will stay there and that the water and the tub will just start running out of nowhere. Mm. And then they've even had physical interactions where they feel as if they're being pushed in that room by some some sort of entity. Mm -hmm. Another famous ghost um, that resides on the 11th floor is that of a mother who stayed there during World War II and ended up dying of a broken heart after learning of her son's death. Oh, no. Yeah, and again, both of these tales have never been reported on, unlike the other ones that I gave you guys earlier, which were like actual stories. But yeah. apparently this this is the legend, and so the eleventh floor is very spooktacular. But the it whole sounds as if the whole place is pretty haunted. You know, there's activity of um, phone calls from unoccupied rooms. I love that. Don't you love that? Right? You're like, hello. <laughs> that is honestly hello. one of my favorite haunts. Is a phone call. It's gorgeous. Don't know why. It just really speaks to my it's soul. It's a classic prank. You know. It's like- <laughs> Call me, beat me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's reports of a scent of a old-fashioned perfume. Ooh. Who knows? Saucy. Chanel number five? Maybe. Ooh, mm-hmm. a classic. Reports of cold spots, disembodied voices, doors slamming, mm-hmm. and even full-body apparitions. But this Fantastic. one's the kicker, y'all, because this one actually happens in the manger, too. The Ooh. elevator moves on its own. Oh, It'll stop at random floors. Mind of its own. I know, but that might be why that tragic ha- accident happened to the chef, to the cook. True, true. Because the elevator is a wonky elevator, and they need to get a new one ASAP, Rocky. Mind of its own. <laughs> ASAP Rocky. Yeah. So they have, that's that hotel. Damn, what? In Utah. Who didn't die there and what doesn't haunt the place? You Do you know? understand I mean, why I felt like it was like a death hotel? Like it's, it, it's too many reports. It seems as if it is a death hotel. I love it though. It's gorgeous. I think 
I would stay there, honestly. Reminiscence of the Cortez in American Horror Story Hotel. Oh, yeah. Lots of death. Oh, my gosh. Have you guys started Ratched? Not yet, but no. I need Oh, okay. Aesthetically gorgeous. Just, like, do it for that alone, you know? <sighs> Sarah Paulson's amazing. That's she, what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. What can't she do, you know? Exactly. She can do it all. Right? Yeah. Truly. She can do it yeah. all. We love She's her. She's a star. Oh, Queen. And star. Finn Whitrock is just the hottest tamale, my lord. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, something for everyone, you know? Mm-hmm. You're making me hungry now. Everyone. Oh, ha- oh my <laughs> gosh. A bean and cheese and jalapeno Ooh. tamale from Tamale House. Ooh. If you live in Austin oh, and you've never been to a Tamale House, you are messing up. That's everyone a real screw out up. There. Oh, now I'm I like hungry. to drizzle queso on my tamales. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Oh, I'm so hungry now. Same, same. I'm probably going to have to say, uh, I gotta go have a little late, late snack. I'd say it's time. Yeah, I'd say it's time. All right. Well, this was fun. Uh, if anyone's been to any of these places or had a spooky experience recently, give a shout at the golden ghouls podcast at gmail.com. And, Mm -hmm. uh, until next time, stay spooky. (laughs) 